You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Hey, coaches, I have something really special for you today. You know how I only interview coaches with unique perspectives so that you get to think outside of the box, which I think is a real secret to doing well in any kind of business, but especially coaching business. And today's topic is about powerful coaching questions. There's going to be a special giveaway that you can get from a link on the show notes. So be sure you stay tuned and listen for that. And before I introduce one of my favorite people of all time, I want to share something personal with you. And we're we're all going through tough times in this pandemic, and the smallest kindness goes a long way. And when people are kind to me, I've got to tell you, it really makes my day. And I have been so buoyed up by wonderful reviews lately. So I want to give a shout out to Gemma, who said recently to me, I'm sending a heap of gratitude to you, Rhonda. Your generous podcast has helped me identify my platform and program Also, I know that I'm not alone in this. You've helped so many coaches. Thank you for cutting through the noise. And so that did, it not just made my day, it made my week. So I'm really, really grateful to you, Gemma, for taking the time to write that review for me on iTunes. So let's roll with today's episode. I have the pleasure of introducing you to Lori Cameron of Wake Up Enterprises. Lori is literally the best coach I know. She is also the best coach trainer I know. You've heard me say that in 2001, I co-created Curriculum for Coach Training Alliance, and I designed their certified coach program. I was their first trainer, but Lori, I brought her in fairly quickly because I knew she'd be fantastic about it. And then, of course, she surpassed me like crazy. I first met Lori 20 years or so ago at the Denver chapter of the International Coach Federation, and we became fast friends. We were both on the board there. Beyond that, Lori and I, we have been helping each other, being accountability partners for each other and doing a little co-coaching now and then. And you know that I'm a big fan of every coach having a support network, especially an accountability partner. Lori, I'm so glad that you're on the episode with me today. Oh, Rhonda, I am really excited. And thank you for all those kind words. That made my week as well. So I'm really thrilled to be here. Fantastic. Well, Lori, I'm going to ask you some questions. I hope they're powerful questions. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because that's the topic that we're bringing together. So I wanted to start with just, you know, this is kind of almost a hypothetical question at this point, but what is your favorite coaching skill, Lori, and why? I would like to ask you a question in return. Complete this sentence. Are you ready? I'll try. All right. If you want better answers, you have to ask the right questions. Close. See, when I do full day coach training workshops with leaders and managers, and when I train coaches through Coach Training Alliance, that's the common answer. A closer answer is you have to craft better questions. Nice distinction. 
Thank you. Questions are amazing, and they're even more amazing and more powerful when you are adept at putting words together in a way that draw somebody's wisdom out and draw out something new and and send them deep. That's why I love powerful questions and learning how to craft them. That's great. I wanted to notice something. You know, you asked me that question and I jumped with my answer. And um, you're talking about crafting and crafting takes some time. How can a coach that's in the middle of a coaching session craft a question? How can they take the time to do that? Well, it's about taking the time to do that, actually. And (laughs) and one of the challenges that I've noticed that newer coaches have about asking questions is they don't take the time to craft one before they start asking it. So as soon as the kernel of a question pops into their head, it's coming out their mouth They are revising it, editing it out loud, and it actually turns into this long thing that the client just loses track of. Learning how to craft a powerful question is more about taking the time, pausing, being comfortable with the silence, which is also a challenge for a lot of coaches. Learning how to do that crafting internally before they open their mouth. That's great to know. And it reminds me that a lot of times when I'm working with my own clients, if I know that I have something to say, it could be a question or it could be anything, you know, a statement. If I don't quite have it ready yet, I'll just buy myself some time. I'll just say, give me a second. I'm thinking. And I think that's a really important distinction about what makes coaching not only powerful, but really a lot of fun to do, is as a coach, you can be transparent like that. You can be vulnerable. You can say, give me a minute, or I I found myself occasionally stopping mid-question and saying, as I listen to it coming out of my mouth, I say, wait a minute, that's not the question I want to ask. Let me redo this. Exactly. That is so important to remember that even though someone is paying you for this service, if you put yourself up on a pedestal, that actually becomes worse for you and them. Mm -hmm. When you're training coaches, what are some of the biggest challenges that new coaches have with asking pithy questions? I love pithy. Thank you. That's great. That's a great way to describe really important, powerful questions because those are the questions that get to the heart of the matter really, really quickly. So some of the challenge, like I just mentioned, one of them is not taking the time to craft a question before they open their mouth. Another one is thinking about a question or actually trying to draw from a client what the client is doing now or what they've already done about their agenda. So let's just say a client's agenda is, I want to manage my energy better during the week. And I hear a lot of coaches say, so what have you done so far? Or what are you doing now? Until you really learn how to craft a powerful question, it makes sense that, oh, that sounds like a great question. What are they doing now? It's really more gathering details. It's, it's a lot more like saying, so tell me what's on your grocery list. Or tell me what you did yesterday. And there's just, there's no pith in it 
right? There's there's mm-hmm. no there's no challenge to the client to think about how to move forward. What they've been doing or what they're doing now is not working and they want something different. That makes a lot of sense. Do, do you have an example of a different thing that they could say? With our example, I want to manage my energy better during the week. A question might be, when you're managing your energy, what does your week look like? Great. So what you're, what you're doing is you're asking them to think about the ideal. Yes. Which is what, is, is what you want to help them uncover and, and create in their life. Yeah. And there again, asking, you know, the, what have you done so far? What are you doing now? It's not necessarily a bad or a wrong question. And what I talk about in my programs a lot is mastering coaching really is moving along the continuum from less powerful to more powerful. That's a great point. There's the concept of continuous improvement. It's not about being perfect today or having it all nailed down before I take a move, but rather to just say, okay, I'm going to do what I can today with what I know. And then tomorrow I'll look for more ways to improve. Right. So it's less powerful to ask the current or past questions and more powerful to ask, what do you want to move forward towards? Because that's coachable. That's a fantastic distinction. Okay. So now I would really like to hear if there's a formula for how to get further down that continuum to more powerful questions? Well, and I don't know that this is so much of a formula as it is a list of qualities of a powerful coaching question. So perhaps they're they're similar in there. First and foremost, though, it's short. I hear a lot of newer coaches ask a question, ask another question with lots of different punctuation marks in it and pauses. And it's really easy for a client to get totally lost in that. And one of the examples that I thought of is hearing a coach say, so client, when you think of all the things you just talked about, the timing of the project, the obstacles, the resources you have, um, or the resources you need, what do you think is the most important piece to consider first, you know, before all the others can actually come to fruition, and then you can move forward and figure it all out? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed just hearing that. <laughs> it's, it's very easy to get lost. So the more powerful question would be to say, so what has to happen first? So simple. That's five words. You know, for a lot of people, and I think most people who are somewhat in overwhelm or they're, they're just, you know, they're not able to really see themselves and what they're doing very clearly. And that's, that's why coaching is so great, by the way. All of us, you know, get into that place. But the amazing thing is, it, is that first is about priorities. It's what's the next step? Yeah, it's, well... Coaching being, you know, helping a client figure out what they want to do or where they want to go and then create a strategy to bridge the gap from where they are to where they want to go and create an action plan to make that happen. Is there anything else that that goes into the formula or the list of characteristics? Sure. Mostly open-ended. And I think a lot of people are really aware of that, being aware of it and noticing it when it's coming out of your mouth are two different things or being aware of the importance of it. So as a closed ended, yes or no question, it might be, and I hear this one a lot too, is 
something along the lines of, so do you think you can figure out how to make this viable? <laughs> and it's clear what the coach is, is wanting to know and wanting to challenge the client on. And yet the do you think you can is a closed-ended question. There's two options. Yes, I think I can figure it out. No, I don't think I can figure it out. It's actually more powerful just to ask the open-ended question, what will it take to make the project viable? Yes. Who, what, when, where, how, and occasionally why, although I'm not a big fan of why. Me neither. That's how you know you've done an open-ended question. If it's do or are or will or is, that's not going to fly as an open-ended question. And another thing too, that an open-ended question like, what will it take to make this project viable is it's assuming success. It's saying, I believe in you. This is what you want to do. So what's it going to take to make that happen? It's empowering. Definitely empowering. And at the same time, there are few, very, very few moments where a closed-ended yes or no question actually can be more powerful. Yeah. Most typically, that's towards the end of a coaching session when the coach is asking the client for commitment. Something like, are you willing to do what it takes to make this work? If a client says yes, then they have stepped up. They are ready for accountability. And there's a bit of challenge in in that question. After you've helped to empower the person to later on ask a challenging question is a really great thing to do with your clients because coaches who challenge their clients actually get a lot more from their clients. Yeah, letting clients off the hook is not really leveraging their investment in you. Yeah. You know, before we get too far off of it, I just wanted to go back to the why thing. You and I both said we're not a big fan of Mm. why questions. Uh And I would love to hear your reason for why not why. Well, a couple of them. And one, there's an underlying judgment in a why question. And even if it's not the intention of it, and even if the person hearing the why question is not fully cognizant, it's as if a parental unit is standing there wagging their finger saying, so why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? And with that judgment comes a need to defend one's actions. I also think it perpetuates the story. That's just not coaching. In a nutshell, why questions put people on the defensive? As a coach, you know, if you're wondering why, how can you ask your client something without why? What would be an example of a why question that comes to mind, Rhonda? Why in the world would you ask me that, Lori? <laughs> thank you. That's great. <laughs> um, well, I would, I would ref- frame that as, so where's this question coming from, do you think? Yeah. And by the way, sometimes it doesn't have to be a question, but more of an inquiry. Like, I am a big fan of saying, tell me more about that. Yeah, because that's that's a wonderful way to invite your client to dig deeper. Yeah. As long as you give them silence, because this is another challenge I hear from newer coaches is they just start asking question after question after question. A, a powerful question will stand on its own. I hear a lot of times what I call multiple choice coaching, 
<laughs> where a coach might say, how do you see yourself being accountable for tracking your progress? Do you need to track it on the calendar or maybe talk to somebody, get somebody on board with it? What do you think? What happens in those instances is whatever options or possibilities that are popping into the coach's head, if they put those out there in answer to their own question, it kind of limits the client's options. As opposed to saying, how do you see yourself being accountable for tracking your progress? Question mark, be quiet. Let the client go through their their own options, their own choices, and, and sort through that rather than limiting them. I'm so guilty of that one. <laughs> you get to be human too. Let's move on to another question. Are there any questions that you think are universally excellent or powerful for numerous coaching agendas? Oh, of course. <laughs> yes. I definitely have my favorite, what I call toolbox questions. These are questions that are generic and fundamentally powerful when you customize it with the client's agenda or goal or action. Can I share three of them? Yeah, please. Okay. My first one is typically at the beginning of a session, just after the takeaway is is clear for both coach and client, is I call it the magic wand question. You know, the perfect outcome, ideal resolution. You touched on that a little bit earlier. Asking a client to tap into their true desire and paint that picture of success without worrying about the how yet. It's saying, what do you really, really want here? Don't think yet about how you're going to do it or if it's possible or any of that. That's not on the table yet. For right now, be bold, be big, dream big, be creative. And the client, you know, in the end might not actually realize that ideal situation, but when they start with what they really, really want and you coach them to move in that direction, they're a lot more likely to get more of what they want. Great. Love that one. Okay. And another is, how will you know when you're successful? I love this one because it asks your client to project themselves into a future state of success and describe it. It's, it's kind of similar to the magic wand kind of a question. And when they answer this kind of a question, what they're doing is they're also identifying the parameters that they'll use to evaluate their success and their progress. So it opens the door for them to strategize what actions they have to take in order to move in that direction. If we use the same agenda that we were talking about before, I want to manage my energy better during the week. A how will you know you're successful question would sound like, how will you know when you're successful at managing your energy during the week? It helps the client really think forward and they might say, you know, well, I'll have enough time in the evenings to spend with my kids. I'll be exercising consistently. And, oh, you know, when I get home on Friday, I won't just drop onto the couch and pass out. I'll have enough energy to go out and have some fun. In the client identifying how they'll recognize success when they're in the middle of it, they already have three things that they want to make sure they do. Spend time with the kids in the evening, exercise consistently, and go out and have fun on Fridays. I would, in that situation, repeat to them the things they said. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads me to my third really favorite toolbox kind of a question is what will it take to dot, dot, dot. And you fill that dot, dot, dot in with the, the agenda, the action, the goal. So what will it take 
to make sure you have time to spend with your kids in the evening, exercise consistently, and come home on Fridays with enough energy to go have fun. Yeah. So that the what will it take question kicks it into strategy mode. And you could say, so what's your plan to do that? There's something about what's your plan to do that? The word plan is much more abstract and they have to start thinking in in different ways. But the question, what will it take to do what you want to do is more simple, more direct. And I've discovered that it's easier for clients to go right into planning and strategizing mode. And then you can coach them to figure out what level of accountability, how are they going to put this into place, which is actually kind of three variations that I have of the what will it take to question. What has to happen? What has to be different? And what has to be in place? Great. They're subtle, but they're simple. And Lori, I know that you have something that you'd like to give everybody listening. What is it and where can they find it? That is a list of sample toolbox questions. So all the ones that I've talked about, plus a handful more. This list of toolbox questions is adapted from a self-study guide I wrote for leaders and managers called the Coaching Skills Quick Start. And I kind of retooled it back to professional coaches and what they might come up against in a session with a client. Brilliant gift. You can find that at wakeupenterprises.com forward slash prosperous dash coach. Know that whenever there are links shared with you verbally on these episodes, it's really easy to go find this stuff. If you're listening to the podcast on a podcast app, then it will be in the show notes if you click details on there. If you're listening to it on my website, well, it's right there in front of you. You'll be able to see it. So Lori, I just want to thank you so much for your time, for your incredible expertise. And I'm definitely downloading that baby for myself. <laughs> Wonderful. It's always such a joy and a treat and an honor to spend any kind of time with you, Rhonda. Thank you. You are so welcome. My absolute pleasure. I feel the same way about you. So virtual hugs to you and everybody else. And you stay inspired and make things happen. I'm so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.